thanks to me and Bree there, we, we were able to get together, and so I'm thankful for his ministry. And, and anyone who's known the Calhouns, they know that he'll do anything for you. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He's very loving and kind, and so I'm very thankful that they have relocated here, and I'm very excited that they have made this their home church, and I'm just expecting the Lord to do many things this morning. Amen? So Brother Matt, come and give us the word. Well, praise the Lord, everybody, and, and Merry Christmas, right? Amen. Merry Christmas. What a, what a great time of year, a great time. I love Christmas, and I'm, I'm happy to be in the house of God. When Pastor asked me to, to say something, I, I looked at him and, me? Are you sure? I said, this is Christmas. And uh, so, I, like you, I'm also disappointed because I would rather heard pastor as well. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're here on this great day. Uh, we just had the last minute votes came in and uh, we found that there were, it was a six-way tie for the most ridiculous dressed <laughs> on Christmas. We thought it would be a four-way, but then Brother Larry Kendall came in <laughs> with little Larry Y'all look good. Y'all look good. <laughs> Amen. So I, I hope it's okay to have fun, and it's okay. I hope we laugh. I hope we learn something. I hope we, we can delve deeper into the Lord today. Um, I've only got 14 pages of notes, and with no service tonight, I figured we're good for a good three hours. <laughs> and I, I had a full big breakfast, so I'm not hungry. I'm teasing. Uh, I always want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Shostrand and the family. And uh, we love them. We miss them when they're gone. And uh, we, we, I, I know I wouldn't be here, not just physically, but I mean spiritually, where I am today without the help and the guidance of that family. And so we are a very blessed <laughs> congregation. I'm, I want to get right into it. And, I, I, you know, I, there was a great deal of pressure to talk about the big day coming up on Wednesday. And I looked through the scriptures and trying to find something unique or a twist on something we haven't heard yet. And, uh, you know, looking at the gifts and looking at the manger and looking, I mean, the story is so in-depth. And, and, and the Lord brought me back to something that happened with me and my boys uh, in early, earlier this month. And I want to share that with you on something that the Lord quickened my spirit and reminded me of some things as a father. And you don't have to have children to necessarily be a father, a father figure. And uh, you don't have to love Christmas. Not everybody loves Christmas. Uh, but you don't have to love Christmas to appreciate this, what the Lord gave me um, in my life first, and then I felt like I wanted to share. We're going to go to... Uh, Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 19. We're going to read 19 through 21. And uh, I, I, I'm at this weird stage in my life. I'm almost 40. And I know some of you that are older think, you know, young. Some of you the younger think, wow, he's really old. So I feel like I'm in a good spot. Uh, but I'm, I'm really wanting to evaluate my resources and evaluate where I spend my time and, and what I spend my efforts on. Uh, my dad passed away at the age of 69, and I saw his decline from 60 to 69. And I, I'm looking now, obviously, I can't help but look at my own life and say, at 40, 
Now, what, I've got maybe 20, 25 good years. Maybe the Lord will bless me. I'll have much more. But this is the mindset of what I've been dealing with this last year, is thinking, what is going to be my legacy with my children, with my family, with my job, with my career? And maybe if you're in that same, same boat, you understand. And so we've got up on the scripture, on the screen, we're going to read. It says, lay... Not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break in. Apparently I, uh, I copied this and I should be reading up from the scripture here. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Go to the next verse. 21. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. And I will tell you that what I am finding more and more, it's not that your treasure was there and therefore your heart went after it. There's a good chance that probably where your heart was is where you built your treasure. So where I invested is where my heart was leaning. There probably wasn't a whole lot of treasure in a certain area, and then all of a sudden my heart started going that direction. I began to build treasure with where my heart was leaning towards. So this Christmas season, I felt like the theme for me was, oh yeah, the reason for the season. If I could be honest for a minute, I, I want to share with you my Christmas list of the do's, the things we had to accomplish, and, 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 and you know this season, it's exhausting at times, it's fun, it's, uh, it's expensive, and oh yeah, don't forget the reason for the season. So Christmas decorations, listen, I don't know why in the world they have not invented a light, string of lights that doesn't all go out yet. They said that they did, that remember when, I remember when I was a kid, if one went out, they all went out. Well now if one or two go out, like a whole section goes out. And they're so cheaply made that every single Christmas, we find ourselves having to replace the lights. So this became a whole day process, stringing up the lights outside. We have a Christmas tree that's, you know, one of the artificial Christmas tree that's pre-strung. And maybe the first four or five years, it was excellent because it was pre-strung with lights. It was, it was lit up. You just plugged it in. But through the course of time and getting it out and putting it back away, now I see I've got whole strands that don't even light up. And so now we put the pre-lit Christmas tree up and then we have to wrap a bunch of lights around it. So you've got a bunch of bulbs that are burnt out. It looks weird. And so this was the year where Rachel wanted a, a new Christmas tree, but Cheapskate said, no, we're not getting a new Christmas tree. You can buy one in January. Let's cut all the lights off and we're going to restring the, the, the lights. So by the end of the day, and one unhappy wife, we had a good-looking Christmas tree. We had to visit Santa, okay? So Reese wanted nothing to do with this at first. Uh, Ella was all into it, and we had to go visit Santa, and we got the pictures done. And I remember Reese standing off to the side, playing it cool. You know, he didn't really want a part of it. He said, I'll, I'll sit on his lap, but I'm not going to talk to him. Or I'll get pictures. That's what he said. I'll get pictures. We'll do pictures. 
But the second Santa looked over at him and said, and what would you like for Christmas? I want a Nintendo Labo, I want a game, I want a da 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 He quickly changed his tune. Uh, you know, I, I mean, dear Lord, if one of them would have just went up to Santa and said, you know, I want peace on earth and, you know, goodwill towards men, it would have melted my heart. But this poor man has to listen to a bunch of kids just name all the things they want for Christmas. Again, we had, whose idea was this elf? Okay. So we've got, and I, I didn't realize till yesterday that Sunday school was going to be in here. So, listen. I tried to warn my kids there may be a time when this elf doesn't move for a couple days. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know how hard it is for this elf to find places to hide in a house? Or mischief? School musicals. Two school musicals. He had the second grade and then the kindergarten. The church musical, right? We had the church musical. We have these countdown, candy countdowns, we call them. Uh, we, and if it's not hard enough to keep track of one, we have one for each kid. So every day they take off a piece of candy. Listen, they don't remember if they took a piece of candy off earlier that morning. So every day I'm counting, going, okay, it's the 19th. It's the 16th. We should have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you're good. You're good. No, you need to eat a piece. You need to eat two pieces. You need to skip a day. Daddy ate that one, you know. And, and then on top of it, if, if one countdown wasn't enough, we ever seen the, the Lego advent calendar now? So we're a Lego family. We like Legos. And we have a Lego advent calendar. So if, if countdown per kid wasn't enough, then Lego came out with this little creation where you open up little tiny doors every day. You pick, got your little Lego character and you build it. And so if one wasn't enough, we've been dealing with that. Who's, what day? Whose turn was it? Was it Ella's? Okay, you know, Ella gets mad because her brothers are trying to build it for her. Food and family, we've had, we had, came, right, came right out of Thanksgiving and, you know, and, and again, I, I, you probably share the same thing. I mean, this is, listen, this is where I'm at in life. This is, this is my stage. I have, I have nothing to, to say except for where I'm at. This is the toolbox that I have right now and what I'm dealing with. And so the food and family, Christmas dinners, I, I, Rachel makes these delicious sandwiches on Christmas, uh, or she makes them and I was hoping she'd make them for Christmas and I've asked her hey, what are, we eating? what are we eating for Christmas? So yesterday she reminded me that um, I've asked her four times. And uh, every time, I, I don't feel like I did. But uh, apparently I've asked her four times and every single time she's told me the same thing. Well, I finally remember we're getting those sandwiches on Christmas. So, and I guess I, I probably do need to apologize. She said I was a little hard on her last time I spoke. And uh, I don't think I was hard enough folks. <laughs> she, listen, all I'm saying is, is we've been married 10 years, sweetie. And these people had you for 25 years before I ever came into the picture. There's some, there's some shared responsibility, folks. Brother, brother Tim, he said that she would be the first female president. Okay. Cause she's busy bossing everybody out around down at Sunday school. Well, Brother Tim didn't realize one day she was going, little Madam President was going to marry a, a sensitive guy who likes summer and warm hugs. So, but I, I love her. So, anybody that knows us know how much I, I adore her.
And then finally, the list of presents. And that's the big one, right? I mean, like, that's what we, I mean, I've got a list. Listen, it gets chaotic. I mean, dear, the poor Amazon guy at our house delivering nonstop. I have no idea what's in these boxes. I don't know what she's ordered. I mean, compared to what I've ordered, this list, I, I had to put the list into an Excel spreadsheet so that I could make sure everything was accounted for, you know, and trying to coordinate and then explain, you know, well, Santa doesn't bring all the gifts, you know, we, 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 bring, we bring some. And, and the, in the chaos of all of this, it, I, I'm reminded, you know, I, obviously I want to leave my children with a, a great experience on Christmas. I want to leave them with some value, with, with this time that we've spent together as a family and with memories. And I, want to, I, I do want Christmas to be a good time in the season of joy and giving. And I want them, they got presents for each other so that they see the importance of giving and, and giving to other people and giving to charities. And I want them to see all of these things and kind of look back with fond memories. And we have this, this thing we do in our house, and you might think I'm crazy, but um, at nighttime, when, when it's time to put the kids to bed, I will go and go in the boys' room. Whenever uh, Rachel's home, I'll go with the boys, and I'll lay down next to them. And oftentimes, it's probably the only time that they really talk about their day or their feelings or what's going on. And it's amazing what I'm starting to pick up at nighttime. And the conversations we have. And oftentimes the conversations will, will drift on quite a bit. And I'll have to kind of simmer it down and get them to sleep. And when Rachel does work, they'll go to sleep. But then I'll lay with Ella. And uh, mostly with Ella right now, we're just reading books and singing songs and, and stuff. But for the boys, I was laying next to the boys. And once they drift off to sleep, I, uh, that's my time. And they're not quite asleep enough that I can get up and leave. And when I do that, I've learned, you know, Jensen will be the first day, where are you going? Like, I mean, the second you try to creep out of bed, and Jensen, where are you going? I'm just going to the bathroom, buddy. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, caught me. And so I've, I've learned this is my time, and this is where I can read. I get a lot of reading done. Sometimes I'll lay longer than I need to just because I'm reading. And, and I came upon this scripture, and it's not my key scripture. But it has to do with it. And this is something that spoke to me as I looked at my two boys that were sleeping. And I read this. And it, it's in First Chronicles chapter 22, verses 2 through 6. And remember David wanted to build the house of God. Um, he, he wanted and he prayed and he said he wanted to build the house of God. And God was pleased that he wanted to. He told him, he said, because you want to build my house... I'm going to worry about your house. I'm going to worry. But he said he, that's when he promised David that his, that his line would sit on the throne. And so when you worry about the things of God, God will worry about your things. But David wasn't the one who was going to get to build it. And so he knows that Solomon is going to go on and, he's, and Solomon is the one who's going to build the house. And so as I lay there, with my two sleeping kids, I read this, First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 2. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he set masons to hew wrought stones, big stones, to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for joinings and brass in abundance without weight. David, you're not going to get to build 
the house. But David is preparing also cedar trees in abundance for the Zidonians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And David said, Solomon my son is young and tender. And the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical, of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparations for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. David knew he wasn't going to get to build the house, but he decided, I've got a son who's young, who's inexperienced. I'm going to do everything that I can do in my power to make sure that Solomon has every single thing he needs to accomplish what God has given him to do. Fatherhood is, for me, has been something that has really shown me oftentimes the love of God. And I read this, and I'm looking at my children, and I'm thinking back on all the things that I, 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 I help them with their homework. Uh, we, we play together. We wrestle together. We, we try, you know, we read Bible stories at night. All the, the, what I'm building into them and what I'm preparing for them, this had a tremendous impact because I realized there's going to be things that I can give them intentionally, things that they're going to get accidentally, and some things that I just can't give them. And as I started to look at all the things that I can intentionally give them, I can intentionally give them Christmas gifts. I, I can intentionally do things and obviously as a father take care of and clothe them. And, but intentionally, am I intentionally preparing abundantly for them to reign with the Lord, for them to follow the Lord, for them to serve the Lord? Because I can give them some things. I can work on them with their homework. I can work on them uh, and, and guide them in different things and maybe help them along with their education. And I'll do my best to read Bible stories. But they're also going to get un unintentional things. I look in the mirror every day and I see my dad. He we I've seen pictures of my dad in photos and thought that was me. I mean, that's how much I, there were things that my father gave me that were unintentional. Sometimes I'm quick with, with, with a, uh, uh, an anger if I, I'll say something in a moment. My dad could do that. How many times have you disciplined somebody and said, oh, man, that's exactly my mom would have done it, you know, or, or my dad would have done it. And, and I realized more and more that what, we're, what I'm going to give them is like packing up this gift. And here we are at Christmas and we're um, obviously they're getting gifts. But as I begin to pack this box, the first thing in packing is we can't, f you, you've got to put the big stuff in first. I've got to make sure that the big stuff gets in first. Because if that little stuff takes over and the list of things takes over, if daddy's always so busy, if, 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 we're, if we're not putting time into the, the important things, then once you fill up the box with a bunch of junk, there's not going to be room for the big stuff. Right. 
There's not going to be any room for the love of God if all I've done is spend all my time teaching other things. If all I've done is, is invested in them just a bunch of nonsense that won't last for, for, for the next generation. And because regardless, the, the reality is in a lot of things are caught, not taught. They're going to see what's important by what I spend my time on. By what I spend my resources on. They're going to see, and, and this doesn't just go to children. We have a youth group here. We have the next generation coming in. We need to prepare abundantly. It says abundantly. They couldn't count how much wood he had. They couldn't count how much brass had been prepared. Do I come and just make sure my children hear a Sunday school every Sunday morning? Do I, do I make sure we occasionally say the blessing? Do I make sure, am I making sure that I'm trying to instill values? Or am I abundantly pouring into them and pouring into their lives so much so that they've got an overflowing box of, of good things and things that are going to carry them for the next generation and carry them in their life when they face new obstacles and new trials and new situations that I can't fathom. Because surely they are young and they are inexperienced. We're older now. I can look back at things and say, if I had only known men, there are things that my father gave me. This is his Bible. And I hold it here and I think of the things that he left. The things that mattered. The things that stay. And I would say, I'm, I'm here or I'm serving the Lord as a direct thing of something that he instilled largely into me as a child. Because you're going to leave something. And remember when Mary and Joseph fled for, to Egypt with baby Jesus because Herod was after him. Then they found it was okay to come back. But they avoided. And they went north because of who? Herod's son. They knew that Herod's son was sitting on the throne and so there were things and something that Herod's son caught in the process of watching what his father had done. Surely it was no secret that Herod had killed every baby under two years old. And all of a sudden, if new Jesus shows up and he's in that age bracket that shouldn't exist in, in Israel, Herod left something for his son. And listen, folks, Maybe, maybe nothing was left in your box. Maybe you didn't have a father who left something or didn't leave good things. Or maybe perhaps somebody's taken something out of the box that they weren't supposed to take. But see, what we find so interesting, we're talking about our, 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 our heart being where the treasure is. And, and where the treasure is is where our heart is. Even if you find yourself this morning, if you're full of good things, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. But if you find that even something was missing 
from the box. Because guess what? There's going to come a day when my children are going to find that there's something that even I can't give them. There, there's a hole in this box that only God can fill. And, and if we filled it with so much junk and so much garbage, and that's what this world is doing right now. They fill it with this hole with junk and garbage. And there's no room for God until we begin to clear out. Or if the room is there. And this is where you know where God put his treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. God's heart is with us. And how do we know that? That's where his treasure is. His treasure is in here. It washes a multitude of sins. It fills a bunch of holes and voids that your dad left, that your mom left, that friends took. Empty places in our heart that only God can fill and it's a treasure. And know this, that God's heart is for us. God's heart is with us. And we know because he put his treasure in us. And we're just fleshly vessels. We're just earthly people. Who are we that God would care about us? What am I that you're mindful of me? Let Let's raise our hands, say thank you, Lord, for this gift. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. You said it was your pleasure to give us the kingdom. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. You've given us the gift of eternal life. And finally, it's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. God's heart is with us. If we could stand, I'm going to close with this. You know, if, if, if they would have known, if, if Mary had been a queen, or if Joseph would have been a king, if they would have known who was coming to the inn that night, I promise you, they would have made room. Amen. If it was just a poor girl, her betrothed, and a pregnant belly. And it's easy to turn away that Messiah. Because had he come in glory, had he come clothed in gold... I guarantee you that innkeeper would have been moving some tables around and would have been making some room for the king. I would have been knocking on the door. Hey, you got to go. You got to go. Sorry. Sorry. We've got a king here. But he didn't come like that. He came as a humble, lowly child. Might have seemed silly to some that a king would be born and laid in a manger. How silly, how foolish is this? I promise you that the Lord is still coming. He's knocking on your door. The song says, let every heart prepare him room. Get out the stuff. Push it aside. 
And we're going to find a treasure that he's given us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of mercy and grace. Lord, we thank you for the gift. We thank you for the treasure that you've given us. And I thank you for the love that I feel right now. God, I pray you will come into our hearts. Let hearts prepare him room. Let there be an, a vacancy that only you can fill. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Let's come to the front. If you would, everybody come. We'll sing Christmas carols. And, and make the plea, Lord, I'm going to open my heart. Let there be room in her heart for the Lord. It might seem like a lowly manger, a little baby, a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith. But if you make room in your heart, you're making room for a king to grow. Line upon line, precept upon precept, faith by faith. Here a little, there a little. God bless you.